So kind of going back to where things started, um, talk about our full experience. So in October, we signed our contract to go to Santa Monica. Uh, this was actually a contract that I've worked the prior year back in 2020. And this was pre-pandemic and all that that was happening. So uh, I already knew I really liked that place, and that's why I kind of said, "Hey, this is a good spot to go to." So yeah, and you're you're even like you know you're gonna like the hospital, like they're chill. You got these cool ass breaks. There's a bunch of it's, it's still very acute, but you got a cool ass staff and people will help you out and shit. Oh, yeah. I gotta go. I've been working, so them please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bro. Just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me. I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog. Swear I paid on my fees. I was starving for this game. Now my fan they can't eat. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Cup of Nurses podcast with your host Matt and myself, Peter. Some housekeeping here, real quick. First of all, if you all are on YouTube, y'all are seeing the merch we're wearing. Matt's got the uh, love. Shirt on, I got um, Sorry Camp Nursing School Buy, all available on couplenurses.shop. And if you just go on couplenurses.com, that houses our, all our vlogs, all our nursing-related content. Um, and of course, if you're watching on YouTube and you are not yet subscribed, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Make sure you like and drop a comment. And thank you for all viewers and listeners on Spotify and Apple. We're slowly trying to get the um, Spotify to put our video on there. We're still in the works talking to the head CEO over there right now, trying to see maybe in the next couple of weeks here, we could work something out here. Uh, but make sure you give us a rating on, on both those platforms. You can also drop a comment on Apple Podcasts. Uh, also, don't forget to check out weareforlandwarriors.com. That is our sister site where we house all our mindfulness, wellness content. And there's also a shop attributed to that, which also has some uh, wellness and more consciousness um, kind of uh, clothing, you could say. And something that's been in the works, hopefully should be coming out shortly is Pronto spelled P-R-N-T-O. It's an app and site that we've been working on very diligently. It's for the benefit of all healthcare professionals, uh, let it be uh, travelers, people that are looking for permanent jobs. It's going to help you find basically a job and also help you with some education and some housing, transportation resources for those travelers or for those uh, commuters. So stay tuned for that. I believe we do have some uh, landing pages out already, uh, prntohealth.com, and then that's prnto.com uh, uh, that you can use as well. That's about all the showkeeping or housekeeping that I have for y'all today. So what's up, Matt? Thank you for the beautiful intro. On today's episode, guys, we're going to talk about our 2021 nursing experience. We've had the pleasure to work in two different states, three different hospitals, and within that time frame, we traveled to seven different states, all with travel nursing. So it's been an awesome, awesome year. We started back in October of 2020 when we got our first contract signed. So kind of taking it back there, we um, it's, it's been quite the journey. It's, it's exciting with everything that happened. And uh, just thinking about October, that was our first time where, you know, we signed like a little deal with a travel company. So that's when we really started uh, vlogging full time. That's where it all kind of started. We did a couple of trial runs back in like uh, August of 2020. Mm. And uh, we really started it in 2021 and just started vlogging and it's been so exciting. Yeah. And I haven't really thought about a staff job ever since, since then, you know, like Oakland was a really cool experience. I know I went back to my staff job after that first contract Then I had my accident. Then we went back into um, travel nursing and travel nursing has been cool. Like it's, it's crazy. And I've did it 
more traveling uh, as a as a travelers than I have growing up. It's been such a cool experience, and it's, it's been so fun. Especially, it's because like your nurse, you're you're just not going there for just the traveling aspect, and like the vacationing, you're going there for a job. So you also get to see how different the healthcare systems are within the U.S. Like you have the unions in uh, in California, and they're they have very strict ratios versus how we came from the Midwest before then, <clears throat> where it was non unionized, where we just kind of. Um, took whatever they, they gave to us. And then we really enjoyed California uh, nursing. So we stayed there for a little bit longer. And now, you know, here we're finishing up our, our Texas contract, you know, and then we could see the difference between nursing in Texas versus Midwest versus California. And of course, some of our goals for this year was to go to Hawaii. Um, that didn't really work out just because of the whole um, mandates and, and all that. And we had trouble finding housing. And then we want to also go to Miami. That was our next one to get a taste of what Florida nursing was was kind of all about. And uh, the contracts weren't as lucrative as we thought. And we found a better matching contract in California. So right now we're, uh, we have our sights set on California, which will hopefully um, be there sooner than, than, than later is because <clears throat> we're thinking about landing a pretty cool spot. Not to, not to get ahead of this, but, but San Diego is a very attractive destination any time of the year for anybody in the U.S. Like if you haven't been to San Diego, highly recommend going. It's really cool. The vibe's amazing there. And usually landing a contract in San Diego is, is a little tough because you have to usually sacrifice the pay because it's a very popular destination. Everybody wants to go there all parts of the year. So usually San Diego contracts pay pay less than than other places like L.A. or Pasadena or somewhere up north or in Bufu or in Fresno or any of those kind of more inland areas. But... Um, True Staff has been treating us nicely here. We've been with them for, for these past couple of contracts, and uh, they gave us a pretty good deal for San Diego, so we're going to try and make it happen because, you know, what's what's better than having a really nice city to live in and having a very nice paying contract? You know, you can't, you can't beat that. You know, that's something that, that not everybody gets to experience, especially because us, we only do 36 hours. We don't do more than more than the, the full-time um, requirement just because we have a lot of stuff going on, like with Pronto and this podcast. And you, you hear all the ad drops. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we can't take, we can't work 48 hours. If we work 48 hours, you know, then it's <clears throat> nothing else would kind of get done because that, that's, instead of taking away three full days of work, we're taking away now four. And that only gives us three other days uh, to kind of build something. And I, I consider my full-time job working on a podcast and working on a vlog and doing this pronto stuff. And I kind of see nursing as more of just the thing that um, keeps everything afloat. You know, even though we work full time, I, I feel like I do more work. I enjoy the work that I do outside of hospital than I do inside. Yeah, you're, but nursing pl- has you're been playing a long term game, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but nursing has been great. Like I like being a nurse. It's cool, especially like being a travel nurse, which makes things a lot, lot better. I wish I would have done it done it sooner. I wish I would have done it after the first year. I wish I would have known about it after the first year. I probably would have would have dipped hardcore afterwards. And it's just it's just cool. Like you get to meet a bunch of new people, you get to just explore different places. You could literally pick where you want to work. There's contracts everywhere, especially now during the pandemic. But even prior to the pandemic, we had we had no really issue. Of course, prior to the pandemic, we kind of were just kind of still being you could say used as new travelers, especially our first contract. But after we nailed like the first two, you know, you've done more than me. But after we nailed our, our first couple ones, got those out of the way, then you kind of know the system. Just like being a new grad on the unit, as soon as you kind of get through those those few months of orientation, then you work a few more months on the unit. You kind of know how things work, how things flow, how you should set up an A line, how you should you know attach. Uh, the lead stickers to the patient, you kind of know that by heart and, you, and you, you're you not as stressed and you just become more efficient. Yeah, kind of going back to what you said where you see 
everything that we're doing is keeping us afloat. And that's a beautiful part of nursing. And as you listen to this podcast and hear all these other guests that hop on the show that are, you know, cultivating themselves and creating different sources of income and different avenues and um, turning nursing from a full-time gig and a profession to like a side hustle technically mm -hmm. to uh, supply and fuel their other passions. Like, yes, that's a beautiful uh, part of nursing. Mm. Uh, so kind of going back to where things started, um, talk about our full experience. So in October, we signed our contract to go to Santa Monica. Uh, this was actually a contract that I've worked the prior year back in 2020. And this was pre pandemic and all that that was happening. So uh, I already knew I really liked that place, and that's why I kind of said, "Hey, this is a good spot to go to." So yeah, and you're you're even like you know you're gonna like the hospital, like they're chill. You got these cool ass breaks. There's a bunch of it's, it's still very acute, but you got a cool ass staff and people help you out and shit. Yeah, and we you know found some housing back in Long Beach. So of course, shout out to John. Yeah, dope ass crib. And you know we sacrificed the the longer commutes and basically having like 14 hour days to having a California Oasis is what we called it, with a pool, with a hot tub. It had a freaking sound system. We were able to throw like music sets in there. We, it was a unbelievable experience. So uh, those are things to like you know think about when you're when you're traveling. So it's crazy because like <clears throat> you bring bring up the sound system and stuff. It's when we because we travel with our buddy Luke. Shout out to Luke, DJ Insane, low key DJ Delusive, DJ Insane was it was it back back in the day name over there, you know. Um, but yeah, like, like, like travel, like travel nursing has given us so much opportunities and we learned so much. Like we, I mean, I want to say we, we figured out how to DJ, but you know, we're not the best, but we still know what these buttons do, you know, we can mess around and throw like a different set. Like if, if we never lived together, we would have never been able to, uh, kind of, kind of learn that. And it's, it's crazy how that was done through travel nursing, you know, not only, you get, you, not only did we travel, you know, we got to check out Long Beach, not only have, have we gotten to check out Santa Monica and the hospital we've learned some shit about music, which is, you know, something that I've, I've never was in, like into music like that. I've never knew how to play an instrument. I was never musically, musically gifted, but I was, I was always interested in it. And so like, shit, you know, you happen to take a few risks, take a few chances to get outside your comfort zone. And then you start to learn how to press buttons and, and DJ a little bit, you know, sparked up a new little passion. Mm -hmm. And that, and you know, and overall the, the experience, I don't think we had like the crazy rates, like people heard and 2021 and the pandemic rates, we kind of sacrificed the high paying contracts for uh, the comfort of our, uh, the position that we're in, the house that we're in, because we were creating so much content. And ultimately, we had the stability at work and had our schedule, we we're able to go visit seven different states and shoot all these vlogs. If you look at our YouTube, I mean, like, in 2021, we did a, you know, a shitload of traveling. Mm -hmm. And we've been um, in like an RV trip, like I've never been in an RV. And it was all possible due to, you know, travel nursing because like in Chicago, I didn't really know where to rent an RV. Like if I, where we going to drive in an RV in the Midwest of, you know, it's a lot harder to, to pinpoint places than it is in like the West coast of, of California and then Washington and Oregon and all those, you know, very green states, uh, you could say. And all through travel nursing, it's crazy. Like I've never been in an RV and guess what? If I wanted to, I could have DJ and RV at the same time. You know? Goals, bro. Goals. And Santa Monica was a great experience. Uh, they were hit heavy during the pandemic. You heard LA like always being locked down and there was like a naval ship nearby. I have no idea what happened there. So it was really, really busy. The, the patients were super critical because 
the hospital that we worked at was one of the only ECMO hospitals that were taking COVID patients because uh, UCLA didn't want to take ECMO patients because that would kind of hurt their numbers and their mort mortality. So as long as your BMI wasn't above like 40, whatever it was, we took patients and um, they were there for like three months plus sometimes they had the COVID butt where like the skin would just kind of come off their um, their butts, literally their mouths were dripping with blood sometimes because they were on anticoagulants where like there was patients that had like their mouth stuffed with just packing and it was just dripping. It was it was gruesome to see. I think I for sure had a bit of PTSD from all that. But overall, that's like the craziest nursing experience I had dealing with CRTs and ECMO. And then uh, just seeing how hospitals like evolved to uh, take care of patients during the pandemic. You know, you heard about the uh, extension tubing. You heard about uh, putting pumps outside of the doors. Um, we even had something called nurse extenders. They were called runners at first, but people, people got offended and sensitive about it. So we were really running as a team where um, all the units were closed. If you weren't an ICU travel nurse, you basically were out of a job in, in a way, like with PACU and OR. So uh, these nurses would come to the ICU and help us out. So for example, if I'm taking a blood sugar, I'm not going to be gowning off and on and exposing myself to COVID so often. So you know, we would take a insulin syringe, you take some blood off the A-line and squirt it on an alcohol pad and kind of like uh, through the door, just give the alcohol pad to the nurse. She wouldn't touch anything. So we don't, you know, prevent exposure. She would give us the glucose uh, reading. We already had the insulin usually in the room and that's how we were kind of working as a team. So uh, it was really, really efficient and mm -hmm. great experience, you know. Yeah, that's the one that I noticed about uh, Santa Monica was super, super efficient, but it was crazy because we were nurses a few years before the pandemic. So we were kind of, we we already knew how the hospital functions, how nursing care is done, how just how, how shit works. And then it's crazy is because we worked through the pandemic. So we saw how things changed. Like I said, all this extension tubing, these like putting uh, these chucks on the ground. So the extension tubing is, isn't touching the ground, it's touching the the chuck and, and it, tur it turned out then to be uh infection worse. control and uh jayco whoever came by yeah because like the, the stuff gets wet from whatever was dripping or you know it would just build bacteria you know whatever the the rationale was but it's crazy how, how we saw that happen like but the one thing that that was really cool is just how efficient santa, santa monica was like you, you were basically always staffed we majority of times always had extenders because if for example we didn't have extenders and let's just say like a unit was overstaffed, they would send us their nurses, so like a med surgeon nurse or a tele nurse, and those nurses will be our extenders. So they will be kind of helping us out with these blood sugars that I mentioned and giving us stuff and helping us with these turns and all that. And that was, that was very cool. And what's cool is because back in, back in um, where we worked in Chicago, um, before uh, I took on the next contract, like I was, I was already working at a staff job during COVID and they were very efficient too. So it's kind of cool to see how their efficiency was versus Santa Monica's of efficiency. Um, of course, like the pandemic was still new when we were back in Chicago. So every, every, I feel like every time I came into work, if I didn't do a three in a row, then or every week some shit would change always. And in, in Chicago where I, where I worked prior, just because data was coming in and people were making decisions on a week, week to week basis, right? Like I know in the beginning we were intubating people without, just with N95s and then 
a week later we started putting these little covers over these these patients and not intubating and then like a week later we're like hey we're not intubating and then like the following week there was like short on a ventilator so it's like we're very selective on who we're intubating in general so it was crazy to see that aspect of it and then um to see the aspect of of santa monica where everything was kind of already in stone and kind of figured out and you just had this change the system from prior pandemic standard of care to now during a pandemic standard of care. And it was real cool to see also the shit show that was going on on a weekly, week to week basis of like turnaround of, of, of information. So I, I feel very, even though pandemic has, has been very tough on people and it sucks that it happened. Like I feel very fortunate of being able to see the pre-pandemic staff position then in the beginning of the pandemic where I don't know, nobody knows what the fuck is going on to where it's now more um, standard care because we've kind of figured it out. Yeah. And I, I'm really glad I got to see a taste of all those. And, you know, I don't think I, I would have seen something like that if I didn't do a do travel nursing, you know? Yeah. We had uh, Epic charting there. So that's like the Cadillac of the healthcare system. That was pretty neat and efficient. It's easy to uh, get all your information. Uh, but now that I'm looking into Texas and kind of comparing, um, Meditech, which is completely different. Mm -hmm. It's it sucks. It's hard to get information. You get used to it. It's not that bad. Honestly, you're charting so much less than than Epic, and honestly, I don't mind it anymore. So uh, that's like the 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 fine balance being there. Uh, cool thing about also uh, with Santa Monica is we had this uniform. So I wasn't wearing mm -hmm. my scrubs at all in 2020 and even into 2021. They stopped the tours like the last month that we were there. Uh, but we always always walk into work in like civilian clothing and we went into, into this room that had like these tents that honestly looked like concentration camps because mm -hmm. they're just like black and white and striped. Uh, you would change in there and go work and then throw your clothes out in the morning and not worry about stuff. Uh, I know in 2020 they had like showers and all that, but I think somebody fell. <laughs> And that was a whole legal thing, so they stopped that from, from happening. Of course, it just takes one person to fuck up a whole thing. But that's like, yeah, when I walked in there, I'm like, damn, I could come here with regular clothes and I get scrubs for me and I could just drop them off at the end of my shift. I was like, damn, this place is luxury and, and bougie. That was very, very nice because A, you don't have to worry about bringing all that stuff home and B, you don't have to worry about doing doing laundry. Like if you think about it, it's, you know, you, do, you have three pairs of scrubs that you wear in three in a row. Then you got to do laundry again. It builds up. There's there's three, there's me and you that do it. So that's already um, two, four, six, that's 12 articles of clothing. And that's already basic, almost a little laundry, you know. Yeah. So it saves you time in the long run. And what was super cool was our breaks. We were doing nights in Santa Monica. But we had the luxury of doing our breaks because you're they're required to do like two 15s and a 30, right? And then it was cool on night shift was you're able to um, combine those in, into one. Some people took their half an hour and their 15s or whatever they wanted. But if you wanted to take a full hour, you got the full hour, which was really, really clutch because you would just literally, you and, and plus it's union-based, so you could leave. You could go to a store if you wanted to and chill because you literally have a nurse that comes in and just takes over that care for you for that one hour. You could go wherever the hell you want and then just come back whenever your hour is done. Like you said, that one guy used to go on like jogs or, or runs because Santa Monica, the hospital we worked at, conveniently located like 15 minutes from the beach. So if you wanted to, you could just jog to the beach, chill there for a little bit, and then jog back, and you'll make it within that one hour. And you could then, and you're like refreshed. I never did it because I would take a nap. Yeah, yeah my, my trace lazy. or our trace was going to the recliner for mm -hmm. the hour. Yeah, and just and you just, you just took a nap. But yeah, you could do that, and it's it's crazy to to see that happen. And like everybody, ever love that aspect. Like I wish that could be something that's like universal. But of course, you know, people are going to say there's not enough staffing, and we don't got money for that. But if you really want it, you could, you could figure out a, out, a, out a way how to do it, you know. 
all we really took is one extra nurse on the unit. You think about it, right? Because of the the break nurse would do breaks, and then sometimes if you know if you're if you're breaking, you're also helping people. Maybe you get busy and you can miss someone's break. The charger someone helps out, and that would take like a break or two, you know. Yeah. So all you really theoretically need is just one extra staff member, and you could get these one hour breaks for these nurses. And I love being a break nurse too sometimes because you break every, all the nurses on a unit. It's like four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. You go take your hour break. You wake up at six a.m. Walk around and scratch your ass and do a couple things, and you're you're going home. Yeah, and plus you got a chart. Yeah, like I personally love being a break nurse because you get to interact with all the nurses, and then plus you're there for help if someone needs a boost or a turn or or whatever. You help them with with, with that as well. And then um, the third one is you don't got a chart. You don't have any patients technically, so all you're really doing is helping out without any of that bullshit paperwork that you have to do on, on the, in the Epic system, which yeah. is fucking game-changing, dude. And because we worked in such a prime location, it was nice because uh, this hospital organized food donation, and we always had a ton of food being donated to us. and uh, Snack drawers. Yeah, snack drawers. Like, it was, it was prime. Uh, one thing that kind of sucked is they started kind of messing with their uh, schedule, and we didn't always work the same shifts. So there was a good stretch, um, and I think that was like th- more three months in where uh, they cared less about all oh, that's you know work hard pulling, and then just kind of gave us whatever shifts where we had to switch with other people. And if now we kind of had opposite schedules, and that kind of hurt uh, podcasting and, and everything else. They didn't um, do it a whole lot, but like the last month, I don't know, I don't know what happened. But that was also the time that we like got in trouble for sending the peer work with the eye drops too. So it's like, I don't know, people started, like, I feel like some people, not everybody, but I feel like some people started to kind of not like us because our personalities or, or whatever, because there was, there was one situation that occurred. We mentioned on our prior podcast. It's the David Goggins one. If you mm-hmm. guys want to look back, it's the 4x4x48 challenge that we did. And the second part of the episode, we kind of talk about this experience, but not everybody listened to it, so you mm-hmm. could briefly mention it. Yeah. So what happened was Matt was, was in the ICU and then... uh I was floated to like their like packy area taking ICU patients because they had they needed they didn't they didn't have enough ICU beds so they had to uh, make beds in, in the PACU for it so I was in a PACU um, and then Matt was in ICU and then we were in contact so we always carry eye drops with us because your eyes get super dry on nights because the hospital in general is super dry and plus we're working nights so it's like 10x the the the, the dryness you know. So I was trying to be, you know, funny, lighten the mood a little bit. And Matt asked me to send him some eye drops. And I don't really feel like walking over there. So I just decided to tube it to him. But I wanted to, you know, lighten the mood a little bit. I took a Purewick, opened it up, and I taped the, taped the eye drops to Purewick, and I sent funny. it over to him. You know, I thought it was funny. He thought it was funny. But I guess how many people didn't think it was funny. Well, yeah, we posted on social media. And of course, you're not supposed to do that. But we're trying to freaking create some content for mm-hmm. you guys, man. So we had to post something. And uh, someone took it up the ass and went up to the chain of command and ultimately we got a phone call that hey like you're lucky that it's the pandemic because you would have got fired mm-hmm. so yeah, probably something on days the whole day shift versus night shift you know there's always that i mean i, I don't i don't really see too much here in us like day shift or night shift but over there i guess they had a lot of issues between day shift and night shift and i'm sure like day shift saw that on our story and you know got a little upset because you know we're, we're funny and share or whatever messing around trying to lighten the mood and they got upset and they went to the manager and said hey this is what they're doing on, on nights you know but like what the fuck's the big deal if you think about it in, in reality and take it to the actual context like that probably that post probably did more more good than harm no one no patient got harmed like 
either way, I was going to met the eye drop. So it's not like we were taking away patient care time or, or whatever. It was like three o'clock in the morning. So bef- like before we draw labs, it was it was a big ordeal over nothing, over some, you know, some jealous bitches or something, you know how it is. Yeah, the big thing what happened with all that is also um, our stance on like the whole vaccine thing. Mm-hmm. So everybody asked us like, hey, like, why didn't you take the vaccine? And we're kind of just like, well, we kind of want to see like what the research is going to say and like all that, like. Mm-hmm. We're all chill about making our own decision and everybody like it's group think just like you see what's happening in the world and everybody kind of like thought that that was a big issue that you don't want to take it or something Mm -hmm. and it's technically still is so that kind of like rocked the boat a little bit where people looked at us like we're different and even Mm -hmm. some of the charge nurses already kind of already felt that like cold shoulder from them just from that one simple thing that, yeah. it's that really whole, stirred the pot yeah it's that whole unfortunate dynamic that some parts of california has where it's like yeah you're free to do whatever you want you could pick whatever you could lean to whatever side you could do whatever you want with your body as long as what you're doing is also what we're doing kind of shit which is like kind of ass backwards because some people have this mindset of of you could do whatever you want to do as long as whatever you want to do is also what I want to do, which doesn't make any any complete sense. And it's for like a liberal state like that, you know, like it's very weird seeing how they disagree with a lot of things if they're so like free choice, pro-choice, pro-expression. But then it's like you can't really express yourself because you're not expressing yourself in the same way, you know, they do in California. So like you're against it, which is which is really, which is, which is still a weird dynamic. Yeah. And then around that time, I think we're like seven months into the contract. All that kind of happened around. Because yeah, we renewed that contract for a little bit. Yeah, we renewed. We wanted to renew again at least for another month or two because then we wanted to take an RV trip. And uh, they, they were picking favorites on who extended. So not everybody extended. They didn't give us the extension. I feel like the main reason was with all this backlash that happened and we still ended up staying there. Whatever the case might be, um, they were canceling also a lot of contracts. Like travel nurses came in and like the same week or even the same day, they found out like, hey, uh, you might not get extended or hey, your contract is getting voided. Mm -hmm. So the pandemic really slowed down in like March and took like a little lump or took like a lump, hump. Whatever you want to call downturn. that, yeah, downturn, and they, for the good. They cancel. They cancel people. There were nurses that like did like long term uh, leasing for over a year, and then their contract didn't work out, and they had to like maybe find a st- staff job to uh, cover mm. all that. So there was a lot of that happening. Um, we had a hard time finding a contract during that time with our current agency because it was such a quick turnaround time. Uh, one thing is that we didn't want to do is we didn't want to relocate from our home. Uh, we already kind of negotiated things with our current landlord. There was no point of relocating for um, like a month, a month or two. And the and thing plus it's hard because like finding a three month lease is hard. Because a lot of people do six months, but your your contract as a traveler is usually three. So it's like you have this this risk of you want to do the lease for six months, but there's no guarantee that you'll have that job for another three months after your first three months are over. So it's always tough finding it. And then doing it for a month is even tougher because people don't really want to do a month. And, it, and your only option is really Airbnb, which as you, you all know, is very inflated prices. Like, you know, by the time, yeah, it might show that it's like $2,000 a month, but when you add in the fees, it comes out to be like 3,500. So you're actually paying $500 more for that place. Yeah, not to mention we packed a lot. So that time that we uh, went out to Cali, we actually uh, took our cars, got them transported uh, from Chicago. So our cars are kind of packed to the brim. Our trunk was, 
uh, we had a ton of stuff versus the way we packed for Texas. So uh, that wasn't an option. We hit up a uh, more a smaller uh, travel nursing company, and he was our, like a good friend. He only had like 20 nurses. Mm -hmm. So he ended up having like a direct contact with the unit manager there in uh, Pasadena. He was able to get us a job literally the same day. Mm -hmm. uh, that was clutch. And another thing is we finally tried uh, days uh, for that contract. So we had a six-week contract on day shift. And that was an amazing experience because it was completely different from working night shift for four years. I was a little bit nervous, not knowing what to expect. It, but honestly, we came there and we killed it. They liked mm -hmm. us. Yeah, it's crazy because Ryan Marshall, Marshall Healthcare was uh, is the agency name, right? right? Marshall Healthcare. Yeah, so shameless plug to him because, yeah, he literally lasted that job like with, like in such a quick time. Like, you know, he sent us a few contracts and like we were on the phone with him that day. He's like, yeah, whatever you want, you know, I guarantee you, you'll, you'll, you'll land it. And it's kind of cool working with a small agency. They have more of like a direct and close relation to hospitals compared to like a agency that's really big like like true staff yeah you're gonna have more volume and more options to choose from like through uh true staff but like you might have an easier and quicker time landing a contract if you go to like a small healthcare agency because they have more of like a direct direct contact with these hospitals and their managers because they're smaller so they kind of value each hospital and each system more than these big guys because if these big guys lose lose like one hospital guess what they have one ready already you know, coming up compared to some small guy that's reliant on on the and on only what he has, you're they're more inclined to you know give feedback, communicate more, and just have a closer relationship to it. Yeah. yeah. And day shift there was a great experience. Like yeah, um, Pasadena was the first time we went from nights into days, and that was our first day shift experience. I did a few days as, as a staff nurse just to help out and kind of scope out the situation, but I was never you know the biggest uh, proponent of it. But then uh, we're just like you know. We're working on a bunch of these, these these side projects, the podcast, the vlogs. Life would be a lot easier if we just did days. It's probably going to be busier. It's going to be definitely a learning curve, but let's try the days. And we happen to just come from nights with basically no experience on, on, on uh, like a, as a day shift nurse into a day shift contract, which was definitely uh, an experience. Yeah, a lot of stability for the body, the way you felt mentally getting out of shift. At 7.30, you can kind of, you just feel more human. You really do. And I didn't really notice, I noticed it on my summer break, going from, you know, being away from Pasadena to taking summer off. Um, and I even made a post about it to an Instagram. It's like, honestly, the structure, having a, a diluted sense of focus from working nights, you wake up at 4 p.m. and, you know, you're, you have a ton of notification. You're kind of scrambling what to do. Um, in our case, we're scrambling because there's always shit to do, right? Mm -hmm. Reviewing something, working on one of the projects, and um, it really does take a toll mentally because you're always like feeling out of place because you're always like uh, somewhere. So mm -hmm. uh, Days was a great experience there. I, I liked it. Uh, they handled um, COVID a little bit differently, which was um, kind of cool. We didn't personally see that because, like we said, it was already over with the wave. That's why we didn't get extended at our first contract in California, and we're here. But they had, like, four patients to one ICU nurse. That ICU nurse would do all the critical care stuff, like managing the vent, managing the drips, maybe doing all the critical care assessments. And then you had, like, a PCCU nurse, step-down nurse, or tele nurse that would come in and do the basic ADLs, maybe give meds. Uh, things that they, things that's in their scope of practice. Mm -hmm. So 
uh, that was a cool way to managing things. And there was a few instances that they had vents um, outside of the room. So that's a that's up for discussion how people feel about that but it's kind of cool because you can manage your patient and not go inside of the room mm. but that's important as well to go inside the room and kind of see how they're doing like the the vent itself was in the room just a screen was out of the room which was really cool really convenient because then you have, they have to gone in and gone off for all that for just to like maybe give somebody some o2 breaths or just change the settings you know because sometimes when you have a new vented patient you're in there changing the settings a few times you change the, the, the volume because you know you don't want to give them high volume all the time maybe you want to drop the peep down because you know you had it up to to eight just so you know make those alveoli um inflated but then you know you don't want to have that and like for a long time because then it's going to cause damage you know and then you have to go back and adjust it sometimes when you have an interfessionally bit of patient you're in there changing settings like four or five times during a shift so that made it very very cool but what's also interesting on pasadena is that we came in there uh when they changed the manager Right, so that was a cool experience. So there was a new management in there, and they were actually uh, looking to hire hire uh, nurses. One of the travelers that was that was on orientation with us, uh, she was actually brought in directly by the manager because with the with the intent of after she finished her contract, she's going to stay staff there. And this was kind of her her like trial period, which which was cool because the the manager seemed she, <laughs> manager was very perky. She was always very positive, very you know you could say loud and very you know. She was, she was cool. She was very, um, you know, she was cool. She seemed like a cool manager. She was always like perky and stuff. When you think of like a perky manager, that was that's basically her. So she brought in a few nurses and she had she brought in a few more uh, before we came in. So she was kind of using her resources, her pool of, of nurses that, that she worked in the past and brought them in because she saw that here in Pasadena's hospital, the work environment was really cool, was a lot better than where she prior when she worked prior, and she knew that those good nurses that she worked with prior would love to be in a place like this. So she hit them up, brought them in, and you know they they were trying to fill those those staff spots. So Matt, Matt and I were basically there, not really for COVID. It was more we were there because um, either they had a high staff turnaround and trying to rehire nurses, or they saw how how low of staffing issues they had, and they had a have a lot of travelers during the winter time. So they're probably gearing up for the summertime to prepare for the next winter. So they're probably bringing in more nurses so they can be better prepared for the uh, the 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 uh, next wave of the of the pandemic. And we were just kind of there to, to fill that void for a few months until the manager kind of just is able to figure out the situation, the system, and then bring the nurses over the summer so they can have the orientation for like three months or whatever. And then they're ready, ready to go for the next um, next winter months, like October or, or September or November. Yeah, it was great it's experience there. I, I found love with days there. Um, we had the opportunity to extend, but of course we had other plans like going on our RV trip and throughout that time too, we kind of told ourselves, Hey, we're just going to keep our mouth shut and not say too much about what we do or about our viewpoints. Just so, um, we stay out of trouble and I'm glad we did that because again, you, you could kind of briefly talk to nurses and, um, see their mindset about things and how they feel or, or anything else. Mm -hmm. And it's just like. It, it's just so sad to me that you can't have different viewpoints. Mm -hmm. But but anyways, that's that's a conversation for another time. Right. But a good example of this is like you figuring out how a person actually is. is like that one nurse here in Austin was like, 
Oh, she was like, you listen to Joe Rogan? Okay, and then I don't really care what you have to say. She's like, that's a red flag. Mm -hmm. I'm like, because I started talking about how I fast and I don't work out when I eat and you don't need to. I'm like, well, that's, I'm like, that's just a bunch of marketing shit. And she's like, you listen to Joe Rogan? I'm like, yep. Oh, red flag. Yeah. All right, girl. All right. Like how? Like, that's just like me. I mean, I don't want to bring it to religion, but it's just like me uh, trying to, you know, um, like if like of of course like the Catholic religion and like the Muslim religion is very um, different in in their sense. It's, it's like me almost uh, putting off someone's way of thinking because they believe in a different religion than me. It's just like like how are you supposed to grow as as a human if you just surround yourself with like minded individuals? Then how the how are you actually figure out what's right and what's wrong if you just have the same things reinforced over and over again? It's like yeah, you watch Joe Rogan, but do we believe in everything that he says? No, some of the shit that he, that he says about about medicine and about nursing and about health, it's just like. You know, it's it's not really right, but but that's just you know his his viewpoint of it, and it's not necessarily we we hate the guy or we love the guy. It's just someone to listen to because he's got he brings on different people that have different opinions about things that maybe we've never heard about or just have different opinions in general. Because just because like we believe in different things doesn't mean we have to like always disagree on on everything. You know, so like why Joe Rogan experience is is so popular and so you know big is because. First of all, he doesn't really really care about what people think of him, and second is he just brings on whatever and has that person explain their perspective. And it's like it's not always right or wrong. A lot of it's opinionated, and that's just what opinion is. Not everything in life is is is, is black and white. And you actually benefit from listening to opposing viewpoint because if you're surrounded by people that just say, hey, this rock is black, this rock is black, this rock is black, and then someone comes up and actually says, hey, this rock is actually gray because of this, this, and this, and you're just like, oh shit. I've never heard of anybody calling this rock gray. You know, maybe, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe let's let me think on it. The best way to kind of figure out where you stand as a person or your values is by those values being challenged. Because if someone challenges those values and you're thinking like, oh, shit, I never thought about it that way. Well, that's a good thing because then you're learning. And then you could either refute it, be like, yeah, okay, I never thought about it that way. But now when I do think about it that way, I still think I'm right because this, this and this. Or, hey, maybe I, I'm wrong. Maybe you're challenging my viewpoint because I'm wrong and now I understand that I'm wrong. So let's move on from, from there, you know? And people don't like that. People think that if you oppose them on some viewpoints, is you're against them. It's like, I'm not against you in any way, shape, or form. It's just like, this is the way I see things. This is the way you see things. No, it's still fucking be friends. You know, life moves on. Life isn't, not every uh, debate or topic or opinion is, is life or death, right? It's just shit. Yeah, we just have a way of thinking. Somehow they make it seem like a threat and mm -hmm. it's a threat to democracy and we need mm -hmm. to remove it and all that. And, yeah. and that's that pull from the California... Uh, is given to like this Austin area that people think of like because I, I talked to some like, older patients before they have been in Austin for like 15 20 years and I'm like what do you think about like what's changing everything he's like the people are definitely changing and they're, they're saying that California has like this influence over them where it's just kind of like not as open as it, as it kind of was even though California broadcasts to be this open state it's not as open as, as you might think it is on, on the viewpoints and people see that like people coming from California it's it's because like they, I'm not bringing California up just to shit on California. I'm bringing it up because that's what people are, are telling me. You know, they're saying that Austin's getting this California influence that these older people don't always agree with, but it's being you know pushed here for some reason. Hundred percent. Mm -hmm. And I mean, look at like the whole censorship thing. You know, like Facebook is honestly a diluted source of information. If you're just getting your info and news from social media, you have like a teeny tiny bit of perspective, and your you have a narrow vision compared to the broad vision that you can have of learning information and digesting it yourself and uh, creating your own opinions, you know? Yeah, and we're not so. shitting on California. Like, we love California. If I could afford to live in California, 
I would fucking live in California, dude. Like the people don't bother me there. It's just like they, they try to bother you, you know? Like it, you could live in California and have different viewpoints than other people. You just can't let the people kind of influence your, your life if you don't want them to. Yeah. Because California is an amazing state. Climate's fucking beautiful. You could literally snowboard, ski, surf, and jet ski all in like the same week. Like I would also live there. It's just super expensive, so I can't really afford to, to live there for, for more than my travel contract, you know? Because I love California. California is probably the best state. I would totally want to live there if I could. And like, look at like what happened last year where we got shamed from social media and from like the nursing community from our stance <coughs> on uh, the pandemic and C-19 and all that. Like um, we kind of respected our values and our opinion and we stood for that. We didn't get like manipulated mm. or um, our opinions like didn't feel less because of what people are saying or like, oh, how can you be a nurse and feel that way and all that. And you know, not even now, like they're trying to pass that like whole thing, like a nurse could lose their license from giving bad public information. Mm -hmm. Like, let me go say the thing that I want to say publicly. Like, I hate this whole enclosed healthcare thing um, where like no information could get out. Everything is just sealed within the community. You have to present this image because that's the right way of doing things. And um, that's the reason why we're in the situation that we are mm. in the first place. So let's be more maybe open about things and all that. So yeah. Crazy time, but yeah, California is great. Pasadena was great. The big difference from Pasadena and Santa Monica was a, of course, the the shift night shift to days, and of course, no more one hour breaks. It was half an hour. We got one fifteen and one half an hour, and I feel like that half an hour flew by like real quick because day shift was is a lot busier. There's not there's not as much room for uh, like talking for chit chat socializing. So now I kind of under I kind of understood why night shift has a better kind of group cohesiveness. Because you you do have more time to like talk, discuss with people. When you give those baths at night, you know it takes maybe like half an hour, maybe fifteen minutes, depending on how the bath is. And someone's helping you out. Well, guess what? You know you're talking to them. Here in uh, Pasadena on days, it's just like you might need help with a transfer, and a nurse helps you with a transfer. And guess what? You say a few words, and then she's back to doing doing her thing because she's just as busy. So day shift is definitely a lot busier than night shift. I'm not saying night shift isn't busy. I'm just saying that day shift is a lot busier because you have all these specialties coming. Every specialty you got Reno coming. They want um, you know a CT because of because of this. Then you have um, pulmonary coming. They want an X-ray because of this. Then you have cardiology saying, hey, we gotta do a a bilateral adopter of the of of the lower extremities because of this. So you can have a lot of shit going on at, at the same time. And then GI comes and says, hey, nutrition's been been uh been poor nutrition is saying telling us that's been poor let's get a uh ng place with fluoroscopy because you guys have been trying it for the last couple of, couple of days and you guys couldn't get it so it's like all this shit you get hit all at once and guess what this shit gets done on days because it's a safer environment to do all these things because on nights you don't have as much support so of course this stuff will get done on days because you have the extra positions you have all the procedure and recovery rooms available to you they're open the or nurses are there the ir nurses are there the line placement nurses are there Every, everyone's there so of course you have to take advantage of that so you they, days are definitely always going to be busier than nights yeah. but then again you have that more of that group cohesiveness on nights and it gets you to actually think things through like at nights it's more of like you reading through notes and trying to figure out why did a renal order this instead of asking them or you gotta give recommendations to days because because on nights, you don't have that staff to tell you what to do. 
uh, and so you have to think critically think through these things and why you're doing them and then why they did this why didn't they do this why i have to do this compared to days where just you taking orders yep. so you're taking orders and doing tasks but you're not really you could say fully learning why you're doing this thing you're just doing them because you have to do them and you can't really you don't always have that time to think through why we're doing this and why we're not doing that compared to nights where it's just like it's always you thinking because sometimes you got to figure out on how to solve problems without the help of a physician like you got to figure out how to get this blood pressure cuff to work because no one can place an A-line, something like that. Something, 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 something small, but it's, but it's another way of you, you know, trying to figure out. Let's try to put on different limits. Try a, a smaller cuff. Let's try a bigger cuff versus going to the the um, the resident that's there and saying, hey, I can't get a blood pressure reading. Can we put an A-line with them? Sure. You know, and then you just take care of business and then you move on to the next thing. Yeah. And after that experience, we took an RV trip. Summer was amazing in 2021. We took three months off till... Uh, money ran dry, literally, with all of our expenses that we had. Uh, it kind of sucks with everything that we're doing. It's hard to save as a traveler. So we don't have hundreds and thousands of dollars in our bank account like people think. Like the show and everything we that we're doing, we're playing a long-term game. And it's just um, uh, it takes up a lot of um, of a financial burden. Um, so, yeah, we, we took summer off. We caught up on friends. And that's the beauty part of travel nursing is just taking time off whenever and you could go whenever you want to start back up again. So around October of 2021, we uh, decided to travel to Texas. And one of the reasons why we chose um, Texas is just more of a free state as far as um, the mandates and stuff like that. So we had a religious exemption here and we came down. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm just saying, dog. <laughs> tough year, bro. And... Um, this was like the first time in all three contracts that things didn't work out for us. Like we wanted a start date from 10-11. Uh, we got pushed back to like 10-25 uh, to start, which is a little bit late for us. Uh, a financial thing was a big thing and how why we're trying to press the buttons and start. And things didn't work out for day shift for some reason. I don't know why we couldn't get a day shift position out here, even though we have all this experience. So um, we just settled four nights. God screw that man settled man we settled for it we did capital didn't... settled yeah and honestly like damn dude just repeating nights again and not working since april like uh, i really do feel the burden and the irritability sometimes and just like we talk about just that sense of focus un undiluted focus and um freaking staying up for like five hours one day going back to sleep like trying to regular regular your life like a freaking period dude <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah it sucks man so uh, but nice we did, shift the period of nursing yeah we did what we did we came out here 13 weeks and you know we're going into 2022 now and wrapping up this contract and um uh, texas has been unique in its sense of the way care gets handled uh, you only have like that, you know, 30 minute break that you have to have a lunch buddy to cover you. So uh, luckily it's cool because Peter and I have been potting quite a bit. So we've been kind of covering each other on breaks and uh, doing all that. And just coming from these high acute hospitals that are straight business, that have policies and procedures that are teaching hospitals, coming to Texas, it was um, a, definitely a slap where... Uh, we're huge advocates for our patients and you know we just felt sometimes that care wasn't done the way it should have been in texas or uh things were neglected um shout out to you know chance and all that with everything that happened i got upset about like not getting an abg done so there was a ton of things that uh, ups 
Austin upset me about, but it's cool because we've seen these other parts of healthcare to understand how different states are functioning and how patient care is different across the board. It's not mm -hmm. universal like in California, you know. Yeah, and unfortunately, this isn't a teaching hospital. It's our first time that we've actually just were in more of like a community hospital, you, you could say, in like a like a, like a, like a sense, right? And it's like it 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 shows you see a difference, like when <clears throat> when you recommend you know, can you, because we're nights, so only thing we could really do was recommend and pass on what we think should get done for the days and hopefully they, they address it. So when, it's the first time I ever heard something like this, this in my life where I pass on to um, a day shift, the, the day nurse, and I'm like, hey, you know, he's, this patient, uh, it looks like he's got an oxy brain injury. It's not like a lot they could do for him. Hopefully he doesn't turn to one of those patients where, you know, he stays here for a month and then he gets shipped to nursing home. Can somebody addresses with the family saying that this outcome isn't isn't the best so they can maybe make a decision and maybe you know withdraw care if they choose to but i think this would be a good time to have that conversation and a nurse tells me that um who's on for for days you know i'm like no and then some other nurse respond who's on for days and she's like oh that doctor doesn't like talking to family so usually he has the um, internal medicine team talks to family but the internal medicine team doesn't really always know what's going on so they're probably not gonna talk to him so i'm just like okay you know, and, I, and we left it at that. So basically, how are you going to have a physician on days that doesn't like to talk to family? How does that make any kind of sense? That's like half the half the job. It's an ICU. Go do some research. Yeah, it's a half, half the job. Half of our half of your career in the ICU is dealing with invented patients. So who the hell are you talking to then? You're not talking to the patient. Are you asking the patient, hey, how do you feel? Because he's not fucking hearing your ass. He doesn't know what the hell is going on. He's a data intubated and a paralytic, bro. Like who, who, who is dictating this care? Is it just you doing stuff because you're just, you're just doing it just to show that you're doing it? Or, or is it actually in a family's and patient's best interest to do it? Did you get their opinion from it? Probably not. He probably just does things the same way every time. And then, you know, keeps doing it over and over again the same way without actually taking the whole family and patient perspective into it and just kind of pushing these patients along in this this journey of survival where you just slowly fix these problems and if it goes to shit, guess what? It goes to shit, then somebody else will call the family and say, hey, your family member has died versus like, hey, your family member is very sick. It doesn't look like he's got much of brain function. He's going to be on a ventilator your whole life. Is this something that you want your family member to have because he's not going to come home? He's not going to come off the vent. We're going to need to trach him. And what's going to happen is, does he even want to get trached? Did you guys ever discuss this, that if it comes to this, do you know if your loved one would want something like this done if they're brain dead? Would you want it? What they want on life support? We're going to help his heart rate. We're going to help his heart beat. We're going to help him breathe. But this is not something that he's ever going to come home with because you're not going to have the ability and capability to manage this. So your loved one is going to end up in a long-term nursing home on this ventilator. I guarantee nobody said that to their family, you know, and then, you know, we come back two or three weeks later and he's getting shipped off to, to a nursing home. And I guarantee you, this guy was like, I'm, I don't want to go into his background because, you know, I don't want to, you know, break hip or whatever. But this guy was, seemed like a very, very intelligent individual with, with what he did. And I'm sure he would not want to be in this kind of a, kind of a state because the job that he worked with is very, um, it's very critical. And what he did is it requires you to be able to think through a lot of things like numbers and a lot of math, a lot of all that kind of shit, where he probably knows that if my brain goes there's really no point in me being alive because he's he's the kind of person that's going to understand what life like that means and you know that's just how how it goes and that's very frustrating and after that and, and after abg with, with with your patient too i was like all right well this is not a one-time thing i didn't get, get listened to matt didn't get listened to 
And, you know, we recommended these things. Nobody gave a fuck about recommendations. So it's just like, all right, this is the environment of the hospital that I'm just going to do it because God forbid, you know, I put, give them another recommendation and some physician gets pissed at me. And then he goes to management like, hey, this nurse is trying to practice outside of scope telling me how to, to do my care. Like, I don't want to be, be part of that because no matter what, physician gets paid more, they bring in the money, they're going to take his stance over mine. So I just, I'm just like, whatever. Even even with labs, like I got bitched out about putting a fucking magnesium lab in that the nurse practitioner then later took out. I'm like, all right, shit, it's a fucking electrolyte. I thought it was standard care, but I guess not. And then she ended up DCing it and I, and I didn't draw it. So I was like, okay, well, I guess this is how my opinion is valued here. It's not valued at all. So what am I, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm just going to go by the rules. If it's not ordered, it's not ordered. I recommend it if I send the critical. But beyond that, I'm not going to step on anyone's toes. I'm just right. going to mind my own business. And that's how they felt. They felt like you're stepping on somebody's toes, but really you're just this ICU nurse that's trying to advocate mm. best for their patient yeah. and knows what's going on. Like I've seen this before kind of shit, and this is what happens. And I'm sure you've seen this before, but you're not changing on your order set or what you're doing. So you keep seeing it over and over again compared to we've seen this before and we know what to do to address it from happening and get the same outcome that you always get, you know? But you can't tell them that because they're doctors, they're MPs, and they went to school longer than you, and they run the unit. You're only a traveler, so they should the fuck up and do your job. Yeah, and even a traveler nurse that uh, switched over to day shift in this hospital, and um, his experience was the same thing where he felt like care doesn't get done properly, these doctors aren't collaborating, he feels like he's dealing with residents, and he needs to go up to the chain of command to... Um, to like bitch him out and get something done. He even had to get a, a manager to tell the physician to go call the family because he neglected that fact to be done. But And this was like the whole thing about this, uh, put the dub hoff in. The family wanted to talk to the physician before you put the dub hoff in, but the physician was getting upset at the nurse that it's not getting done. Well, we're kind of waiting for you here in this aspect. Everything comes full circle, so. Yeah, because imagine, because I'll put, I'll put it in, but you put it in, and then the family comes in and why is your dob off? And you get bitched out because you're the one that put it in. Even though the doctor was supposed to call, you're the one that put it in. Guess what? Your ass is getting in trouble because you put it in. Even though the doctor was supposed to call, but nobody handled it, you know? And that's the kind of yeah. shit where you could lose your license over. Some, some pay like that, you're going to point fingers. But obviously, somebody with higher authority and you're a traveler, you have less authority than staff nurses. And then, then you're battling in court with a family and you're possibly getting sued over something. Yeah, you the know? hospital's not going to protect you mm. in this case. So, yeah, wow, travel nursing, you learn so much. And, like, one piece of advice from all this is just um, stand up for yourself. If you're, like, if you feel like you're getting treated unfairly or if the acuity's wrong or you're floating too much versus other people, you have a voice. Mm. Voice your concern, you know. Uh, don't feel like you're hopeless and all that. Um, you know, and even in this instance with Peter and I, like we voiced our concerns to the greatest degree. We got the feedback that we needed to, and all all we can do is recommend. Technically, we're we can't practice outside of our scope of practice. We can't take this to heart and kind of come home and feel like shit about it and feel depressed, like something could have been done more for the patient. We did our role as a nurse and. Uh, healthcare is not black and white and you start to learn and realize more about that and yeah, yeah. and we're not bashing this hospital like i think this, this hospital has very good nurses it's just you use you use the just as a traveler you get to work in these different types of environments and you knew and you know kind of what things work in what situation and of course people that, that are that are here 
um, that's just how they practice. You know, that's just how they do do business. They don't know and better. It, yeah, they don't know better, and this is how they do business. And of course, you know, they have travelers coming in, in, um, and not every traveler is going to be like Matt and I, or like the ones that we've worked with here, where they're going to voice their opinion and voice their concern or, or give out orders or recommendation. Not everybody does that because a lot of travelers just come in. And they're smart because they've probably been burned before or they just know what could happen and they just go in, do their work, mind their business, don't go above and beyond what you're supposed to, you know, which is completely understandable because, you know, that's what we stop, we stopped doing here. So it is what it is. But hospital's not bad. It's not a, it wasn't a horrible work environment. It's just like these little things that, that frustrate us because we know that we could help fix or potentially um, um, make the care more proactive than, than reactive, but it just wasn't being being listened to. Yeah, you know, and, and even like you mentioned the thing with the, with the whole thing like don't dwell on it. Um, we had that nurse on on days where she was talking to us, and, she, and she's like, "How do you guys do it? Like, how this is my first time in a, a non-teaching hospital, and I wake up at night thinking about these patients because I know what's supposed to be done, and it's not getting done." She was in the same boat, boat as, as us, and we're just like, "Hey, you just gotta forget about it. You just gotta let it go. You can't bring it with you." Like she's got like anxiety issues and all that stuff, but. You have to learn to do, to let it go because once you leave the hospital, it's out of your control. You did what you're supposed to do that day, unless you intentionally did, did, did something wrong. Then you know you're kind of fucking yourself over. But if you did everything you're ordered to do, you made everything nice, you followed all the orders, you did those cultures, you did did that, you did all the other things, you passed those meds, gave us PRNs. Rest is on on the, the next team, the next twelve hours. So you can't bring that shit home with you because, especially in the ICU. People are very, very sick, and even if you provide the most proactive, best care to keep this patient alive, to do everything you can from, everything is, is good, communication is fucking great, people will just die. Like, they just fucking die. It's a war, and there's casualties. It, mm, it just die, and it's, inevit it's, it's inevitable. Like, you could do the best thing. You could give this guy an A-line, a central line, put him on antibiotics, put him on pressors. They're starting to do do better. Okay, event settings, you know, now he's he's getting all his volumes. Everything's perfect. And then, you know, 5, 5.30 a.m. comes around on your night shift, and this person just starts to tank, goes to shit, and he dies. And you just told the family an hour ago, like, yeah, he's doing really good. We got him stabilized. He's comfortable. He's paralyzed. He's sedated. He doesn't feel like there's no one, doesn't know what's going on. Vodas are doing great. And an hour later, patient just takes a shit on you, and that's it is what it is. We, we're not we're not machines. We're not going to live forever. You can't just keep changing the oil, rep, uh, replacing parts, and you're going to live forever. Like, when people, like, inevitable. Death is inevitable, and that's all it's going to be. And you can't bring that home with you because that's going to happen to you as a nurse more than once. And as a traveler, sometimes you get those really shady patients that just happen to croak, and it, and it kind of is what it is. So you, you cannot bring that home with you because... You constantly thinking about death at night when you're trying to sleep, and then you come into the hospital and you're seeing death. You just you're just revolving around death, death, death. All you're gonna see in the world is, is death. Why would you want to get in a relationship if, if you're gonna die? Why would you want to make a new friend if you're gonna die? Why do you want to travel if, you, if you're gonna die? If all you think about is death, when are you thinking about your life? You're not, and it's gonna fuck with you long term because you're gonna get stuck in this loop where all you're doing is thinking about that negative shit, and you gotta you know let that shit fucking sink, dude. And that's it. That's it. Let's end this one. Those uh. Great way to just say, hey, it is what it is. Change your beliefs about it because that's all you can really do in, in life. You know, two things are certain, death and change. And so, taxes. And taxes. <laughs> Uncle Sam will take it or from wherever you're listening, your government will tax you. So hope you guys enjoyed this jam-packed episode about our experiences in uh, 2020, traveling, working three different hospitals, traveling to seven different states. It's been quite the journey and we're excited what 2022 has to bring and hope you guys 
stick around this year with us just like you have last year. Thank you for listening. See you on the next one. See you guys. I'm sure we'll be seeing a San Diego here in the next couple weeks. Let's go.